a year to live. Stephen Levine sat at the bedsides of thousands of dying people for a quarter century or more. Over that time, he noticed remarkable transformations in many who were living their last days and months. For some, approaching death was a catalyst for heartfelt changes that made their remaining time exceptional and rewarding. Many turned towards their life in a way they hadn't before, and Levine wondered whether some of this renewal could be transplanted into the midst of our lives, long before death comes knocking. His inquiry was the genesis for A Year to Live, a book that records the experience and reflections from a time when he and his wife, Andrea, spent a year living as if it were their last. The book is a guide for taking stock and reviewing life with the intention of growing one's capacities for compassion and gratitude and forgiveness, and to bring more focus to living mindfully. To that end, it describes practices to help people explore their thoughts and feelings about their death, and to consider what's deathless. Part of the genius of taking a year to live as if it were one's last is that healthy people have the luxury of doing so without the challenge and the turmoil that often beset dying. Skeptics have said that living a year as if it were one's last in the midst of perfect health is a con. Maybe it is. But Levine and others who've taken the year-long experiment say it creates an impetus for renewal and that in the years that followed, many have felt enriched and less limited their old ways and habits. Levine's book is more than a guide to cherishing life and making the uncharted journey to death, but a kind of aid memoir for what he calls the restoration of the heart, which occurs when we confront our life and death with mercy and awareness, an opportunity to resolve our denial of death as well as our denial of life in a year-long experiment in healing and revitalization. Levine asks, what would you do if you knew your days were numbered by the certainty of impending death? He says, when we ask ourselves this question, myriad possibilities arise. We spin through the full range of our fantasies, from orgies to monasteries and back again. Even on first reflection, it becomes painfully obvious that the psychological momentum of our approaching demise propels a heavy wind before it. In this wind tumbled the fallen leaves of our abandoned dreams and thwarted maladies. It chills us to the marrow. The question reminds us of how much we've forgotten. He goes on, A part of us begins to panic at the thought that it hasn't had quite enough time to leave something of value behind. There have been so few moments when life was all it was cracked up to be. So much that might have been different had the heart not been obstructed by fear. As if we begin to see where we've been absent from life. Increasing possibilities audition for our approval. The heart suggests that we become more present. That we sharpen our focus. When death, the big wind, 
blows out our birthday candles, only the wish remains, and only that longing which deepens our wisdom and compassion. Levine offers an antidote to the idea that our last year of life might be occupied with ticking boxes on our bucket list, meaning our deferred ambitions and pleasures, an idea popularised by the film of the same name. Our last year of life might mean ticking off our bucket list, but that's not all it could mean. I took the year to live experiment six years ago. The experience narrowed and expanded my focus and gave me reasons to unpack and process decades of backlog. I was stunned by what I'd deferred and avoided. I was appalled to learn how much pain I was holding and how much energy I was devoting to avoidance of decisions, pain, memories and people in my life. I also learned that I was living in denial of death and busting through my denial helped me make different choices about what I was giving my energy to, who I spent time with, who I'd pushed away, who I wanted to thank and who and what I wanted to let go of. A year later I formed a small group that took a year to live together. We met each month to share our insights and the changes we were making. And somewhere in the process, I realised there was a black hole of truth at the bottom of my fear of life and death. Getting to the truth meant clearing the debris and the distractions to get to the hole at my core. Everything I'd constructed, my character, my desires, my attachments, my preoccupations were in the way. Most importantly, I was in the way. I found that I was plugging the hole. And when I finally got out of the way, I went into freefall, like Alice in Wonderland, and went tumbling down the rabbit hole.